1: Good afternoon, Friday afternoon, Michael Benner with you on KPFK till 2 o'clock this afternoon with Inner Vision, Friday style. Nice to be with you. And uh, thanks for sticking around after the KPFK news. Hope you can hang out with us for a little while today. It's uh, it's uh, a day when instead of guests, we're going to feature you in response to a theme that I'm going to state here in a minute. I like to do these shows. I I, I like to uh, open up the telephones, frankly, because I think the KPFK audience, and in particular the Inner Vision and Aware Show audiences are remarkable audiences and and have a lot to say. So uh, we had a guest last week, Guy Finley. And uh, by the way, I got an email from him two or three days after... We did the program last week saying that his book sales had skyrocketed uh, within hours and that um, he was 11, number 11, The Secret of Letting Go, the book we talked about, was now number 11 on the Amazon.com list, and that's uh, pretty far out. Due not entirely to KPFK people, but to a large extent. And a great book, gosh, uh, get some wonderful feedback on that and uh guy's been one of my featured guests every year or two for uh gosh a couple of decades and then some almost uh i would say more than 20 certainly more than 25 years and a good friend and Hope you check out his website, guyfinley.com. Another friend of mine has a, uh, art exhibit. It's in San Francisco. It's not in LA. I don't have a date for it, but I bet you've heard her here as well. She is the, we call her the bright side of the moon, Ginger Gilmore. Uh, she is the mother of, uh, four of David Gilmore's children, which makes her the bright side of the moon, though she's first wife now. And a wonderful artist on her own. Check it out. Her exhibition is opening in um, San Francisco. And uh, if you have friends up there or if you just want to look at her website, it's so cool, gingerart.net. Ginger is a very spiritual person and uh, imbues, to, to use her words, imbues her art with her sense of beauty as a spiritual concept, not merely the appearance of beauty, but something really deeper, beyond the physical, the metaphysical, if you will, or or the spiritual. So uh, if you get a chance, take a look at Ginger's website, too, gingerart.net and guyfinley.com. Oh, and I want to tell you about mine, too, because several people have come to me with... Uh, what i think is a great idea and that's why don't you do some sort of newsletter however brief uh, at least during the transition so that we can all stay in touch with you and 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 find out what's happening as we bring the curtain down though slowly on friday intervision here or at least on my hosting of friday intervision this program may uh, continue in other formats or forms not sure exactly how all of that is going to work we're Still working it out. But I'm bound and determined to uh, to move to Maui, and so that's what we're going to do at the end of November. Well, people began to email me and say, put me on your list, and uh, so I found a way that we can email to more than 10 or 15 people at a time. I don't know if you've ever tried bulk email, but it's very limited. And uh, in the past, it's been a rather expensive proposition to email more than 10 or 12 people at a time. But we found a way to do that, and I put a link on the front of my website. My web guy, Kurt Wyman, handled it for me. Right on the splash page when you open up theagelesswisdom.com, there it is, and you can subscribe to this newsletter. Basically, it's just a way of giving me your email address so that I can... Keep track of you, and you can keep track of me, with uh, other audio programs, whether broadcast or broadband, and uh, future seminars and 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 uh, events that we may be doing in uh, in Hawaii. How does that sound? Would you like to come to one of my classes in Hawaii? Wouldn't that be nice? So go to theagelesswisdom.com. It's right on the splash page, and you'll see a little button there that says. Something about Michael's newsletter. And uh, essentially, it's just a way for us to keep in track of each other. You enter the email address that you want to use, put that in twice. I suggest you check the little box that says HTML. If you want only text, don't check the box. If you want emails that include photos and graphics and the whole shebang, check the little box. Click on subscribe, and that's it. And if you ever want to unsubscribe, it's easy to do, and I can guarantee you without hesitation that that list will not be sold, rented, or revealed to anyone else. So get to it. You can do it right now if you want, theagelesswisdom.com. The splash page opens right below the button home page. You'll see Michael Benner's newsletter. And let me have an email address so we can stay in touch. Okay. Now, we do have two more months of InterVision on Friday that I'm happy to host for you, including beginning next week and also the week after that, the fun drive. We have some special thank-you gifts and premiums for you, some special programming, and uh, always a lot of fun as we get together and kick a buck or two to keep this great radio station and its Pacific emission on the air. We only do it for a couple of weeks every four months or so, three times a year, and ask that once a year or so, some people are unbelievable, they make contributions every time we do a fund drive, three times a year. But uh, if at least once a year you could kick a few bucks, we ask for a basic pledge of $50 per year, that's less than $1 a week, to support this great radio station. And that'll begin, well, actually Tuesday, but a week from today, of course, we'll be doing a fund drive oriented around InterVision. And that's always fun. So make it a point to join us next week and the week after for special fundraising programming on KPFK. Okay. So there is the opening announcements. Now let's get to it. And the theme for the day today is what's wrong with America. I mentioned this to a couple of friends out in the hall just before coming in here a few minutes ago, and one of them looked at me and said, well, hell, how long is that show? The other one said, oh, a marathon, I see. Can you do it in an hour? What's wrong with America? Well, of course not. Not in great detail. But that's part of what's wrong with America. Even here on KPFK, I think there is too often a tendency to look merely at the appearance of things and to argue and, 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 and bitch and carp about symptoms of what's really wrong with this country. Some would say this country was born, uh, out of slavery and genocide and nothing good ever came out of it. Well, I understand some of that. I think it needs to be accounted for and understood as part of our heritage, but uh I think the promise of this country is uh is great and can be recovered. It's questionable to me whether that great promise can be recovered, but I'd like to comment on it for about ten or fifteen minutes and then open up the telephones and Hear what you think about what's wrong. No, no, not just government and politics. No, not just George Bush and the neocons. I mean deeply, at a soul level. What the hell is wrong with America? You know, one of the few times that uh, I was really stunned, and like a deer in the headlights, stunned, By someone who was interviewing me was about 30 years ago. It's hard to believe it's been that long. When I was on the Wally George show. I wonder who remembers Wally George. And he, you know, he used to be the aide to the mayor of Los Angeles, Sam Yorty. In fact, Sam Yorty had a television program that was on once a week, and uh, Wally George was his sidekick, and then when Yordy left office, and soon after passed, uh, Wally George continued to do this uh, far-right, only-in-Orange-County kind of uh, television program with flags in the background, and John Wayne prominently displayed, big Reagan booster, of course, and uh, even when the rest of america was still somewhat balanced and moderate uh he was doing this right-wing rant out of orange county anyway he invited me invited me to come on the radio program or his i'm sorry his tv program which i was happy to do he called me within one breath uh about 5 minutes into the program he described me in a single breath as both a one-worlder and an isolationist. This is the degree of intelligence that that uh, we were dealing with. In fact, he invited me back later, and I said, Wally, when you figure out whether I'm a one-worlder or an isolationist, I'll come back. And he never was able to do that, so a very confused man. But he said to me, name one area where America is not number one. And I'll always remember sitting there saying... Uh, this is a loaded question. This is like in journalism school, when we learned about, you know, the great example was, excuse me, Mr. Mayor, do you still beat your wife? Well, you can't say yes, <laughs> especially if it's not true. And if you say no, you're admitting that you used to beat your wife but have recently stopped. It was like that. Benner, named one thing in which America is not Number one. One area where we're not number one. And suddenly I realized, well, I could say a lot of things, but then I'd be berating America. As if the America he's talking about, 30 years ago, was the Ronald Reagan right-wing America. Breaking unions, bringing wages down, decentralizing, deregulating, and moving far to the right. Well, that's the problem we have. I think we have to talk about what's wrong with America because it's the first responsibility of a patriotic American to dissent when you see corruption. We have some serious moral decay in this country. It's been politicized and, I fear, too often viewed in a partisan nature. There are issues on which reasonable people disagree. I can't come up with any right now, but, uh <laughs> well, I don't know. I think uh, gun control, abortion would be, uh just off the top of my head, two areas where reasonable people could disagree. Yeah, there are a lot of unreasonable people that have opinions on those topics, but that's my point. That's exactly my point. Much of what passes as partisan politics is not simply reasonable people disagreeing, but an overlay of a paradigm that um, I think probably best said is running between unconscious and close to brain dead on one end and very conscious on the other end. Within that, we've got a liberal, conservative, uh, Democrat, Republican, Republican, a subset or a sub But much of what passes for partisan politics, I'm afraid, are just uneducated, at the risk of sounding arrogant, I'm sorry, uneducated, unconscious, fear-based people who have no vision of a world that works, arguing with rather well-educated, compassionate, Reasonable people. Now, again, let me make it clear, lest I be misquoted, though I probably will be anyway. I'm not saying that this is the end of it. I'm not saying in all situations and to all degrees. And even the difference between what is reasonable people disagreeing and uh, the appearance of partisan politics It is just uneducated, uncivilized people arguing with those that want a better world. I I don't want to make that an exclusive option of two choices. I just want to say that it's my considered opinion that much of what passes for politics and government and elections and such. I mean, how can you be pro-life, for example, and care about a fetus, but you don't care about poor people? You abandon them in New Orleans. You abandon them from coast to coast. The, the poverty rates in the last six years have skyrocketed, not to mentioning abandoning the extremely impoverished in the third world areas and just ignoring them, ignoring the homeless in this country, ignoring those people who can't find jobs. You know, Bush is, <laughs> Bush is so outrageous the other day, I guess this was a couple of months back actually, uh in one of those rare instances where Bush met a real person, a real citizen, uh, he asked the guy what he did. And the guy said, well, uh, you know, frankly, I have three jobs. And Bush says, ain't it great to be an American, you know, like to be free to have three jobs. Again, so dense because he's never worked a day in his life, never had a real job, never had to earn money. So dense that he doesn't understand the guy doesn't choose to have three jobs. It's that he needs three jobs to support his family, and his wife and kids are probably working too. Ain't it great to be an American? As if the only important thing was the availability of uh, bad jobs, you know, where people are, are underpaid. Seeing senior citizens in, in, in burger joints, you know, grandma and grandpa working as greeters at Walmart breaks my heart. That this country won't support our our parents and our grandparents, much, much less the children. And then there's capital punishment, and then there's war. They, these are pro-life positions. And all I'm saying today to generate some discussion, and I'll open the phones here in just a minute is that we error, I believe, when we limit ourselves to a discussion of it's George Bush or it's the real president, Dick Cheney, or it's the shadow government of bankers and, uh, uh, the, the, and, and it's the G8 or it's the Bilderbergers or it's the Trilateral Commission or... Evidence from the gemstone file. I've been hearing this stuff 40 years, all my life, since I was a kid. These conspiracy theories about the ruling class. Well, I don't care what name you hang on them. Pirates run the world. They've always run the world, whether from horseback or ships at sea. And the pirates have essentially taken over the United States, and it's not enough to name the pirate without looking at the nature of piracy. That's all I'm saying. This program, InterVision, is a program about philosophy and spirituality and psychology and theosophy, comparative religion, for example. speaks directly to consciousness, the nature of awareness, and so every once in a while, I think we should use current events to take a look at how could we be so unaware? I mean, what has happened to America? Friends of mine, when they travel overseas, they tell people they're Canadian. You know, they, <laughs> they're ashamed. They've taken the flags off of the, off of the suitcases, right? What was the big headline in the uh, British newspaper? Was it The Economist or The Guardian? After Bush was re-elected, how can Americans be so stupid? These are our closest allies in Europe. How can Americans be so stupid? It's a great question. What are you thinking? They say Bush's popularity rate is at 32%. How can one in three Americans be on board with, number one, the level of incompetence? Number two, the the mean-spirited, nasty, and evil partisanship of getting into office and representing only your base rather than representing all of the people. I mean, there's always been this back and forth between the opposing parties. In modern times, Republicans and Democrats. But whoever got elected would do their best to advanced their program to represent all the people. (laughs) These neocons are very clear about advancing an agenda that benefits only a very small base. And so what I'm saying is let's go past George Bush and Dick Cheney. Let's go beyond their neocon masters. Let's go deeper than simply politics and government and what passes for current events. Open up the telephones, give you an opportunity to call, as a KPFK listener, but especially as an Inner Vision listener, someone truly interested in reform on all levels, political, social, economic, and personal reform, see... I guess I've just revealed my real agenda here. We can all agree that we need political reform. We can all agree that we need social and economic reform. (laughs) But rarely do people talk about personal reform. And what could be more subversive? What could possibly be more radical than you becoming free to think for yourself beyond the appearance of things. And that speaks to another area that I want to bring up. It's right integrated with exactly what I'm talking about, even evidence of what I'm talking about. The culture of narcissism that we have created. Not only are we breeding narcissists in this country, Those of us who, for whatever reason, have managed to avoid narcissism and have some sense of empathy and some degree of conscience and consciousness, many of us worship narcissists, admire their drive and their determination to be successful. (laughs) But again, success in 2007 America is your ability to defeat other people to crush them beneath your boot heel, to buy up their company and then fire a bunch of people and then retire with your golden parachute outsourcing the jobs? How do we tolerate this? What is it? You know, much has been made recently of Rush Limbaugh's inability to apologize. (laughs) If he had one-tenth of the brains that he claims to have, he would have said, oh, I misspoke. That was not my intention, and drop it. But like Bill O'Reilly and his absurd and truly racist comments about Harlem, these guys are narcissists. They cannot apologize. George Bush and Dick Cheney, they're narcissists. They cannot apologize. It is impossible for them to say I really messed that up. I screwed up. Okay? It is not in their nature. It's one of the ways of identifying the personality disorder, the mental illness that is narcissism. And the primary definition is not egotism. That's often the way non professionals, media people and others will describe narcissists. Oh yeah, they're just people with big egos. Well, they are that. But the reason Freud shows the myth of Narcissus, who you'll remember in the old Greco-Roman mythology had fallen in love with his reflection in the pool, was that the core problem with a narcissist, the primary dysfunction, is a fixation on the appearance of things lacking an ability to go deeper to substance. And that's who runs America. Those are our politicians, Democrats as well as Republicans, our CEOs, our media spokespeople. Look at the... the. Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> I think Martha Stewart is a good example of a narcissist, fixated on the appearance of things. Again, she sets a beautiful table, but nobody gets fed. It's not about feeding people. It's about creating a nice, pretty appearance of things. Michael Jackson, the singer, look what he's done with all that talent to destroy himself by a maniacal obsession on the appearance of things. And you can go on and on with the media people, not only uh, Rush Limbaugh, but Sean Hannity and Bill O'Reilly and a number of other people that we can name who are incapable of going deeper. You're not, so that's what I want to do today. Go deeper. Go beyond the surface appearance of things. You know I hope you had a chance to see John Stewart on the Daily Show dismantle Chris Matthews the <laughs> you know the host of Hardball on MSNBC and he thought he'd just go on the Daily Show with John Stewart and promote his book about how real values in life can be learned from politicians and if we all behaved the way successful politicians behave, we'd be happy and healthy and, and truly fulfilled uh, uh, beings. And God bless him, John Stewart just took him apart like a Thanksgiving Day turkey. I just giggled and laughed and played it again, rewound the TiVo and watched it again and again and again. And what it was all about was John Stewart saying, there's no soul here. There's no feeling. And what was Chris Matthews' response? He goes, well, what do you want, the Bible? That's already been written. No, we don't want the Bible. We want leaders to be women and men who are in touch with their souls that are deep. You know, I'll even go this far. I'll really go out on a limb. I'll say that at the root of what I have always seen as a love-hate relationship that many white people have with the black community, that the love part of that is that the black community, to a large extent, is more in touch with its soul than the white community. Who was it? Uh, uh, Bush 41, George H.W. Bush that we saw in a black church six or eight months ago saying, uh, this isn't anything like the church I go to. No, because these people were singing and dancing and praising the Lord and 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 opening themselves humbly to the fact that they're an incarnation or manifestation and extension of a higher power. George Bush seems to think in the other neocons that God is a Republican and part of their cabal. There's no humility, no no compassion, no empathy, no consciousness, no caring. And do you think the the Democrats are going to bring that to us? And then suddenly the corporations and the banks and the bankers... And the hedge fund managers that are stealing your pensions as we speak, they pretty much gutted my pension, (laughs) the AFTRA pension. Now, I don't think Democrats are going to save us. I don't think anybody that aspires from a narcissistic perspective to more power and more control and celebrate the shallow appearance of things is going to save us. From anything, the promise of America requires us to be citizen patriots and to lead by example, not with bombs and guns do you promote freedom. That's the most, I mean, a, a, a child would understand that. George, George Bush should, should go back to the kindergarten room he was in during 9-11. And spend some more time in kindergarten to learn some of the, read a book, read a newspaper, and get some help. Now, I know a lot of people say, oh, no, it's about greed. It's about apathy. It's about power. Well, now you're getting close. But there's another power. There is a power of of love, a power of caring, a power of of seeing yourself in your neighbor, the ability to empathize, to know that your enemy has children that he or she loves, and that you can play a role in making an enemy stop being an enemy. If we had responded to terrorism with bread and books instead of 2,000-pound blockbuster bombs, this could be a very different world. I, I dare say 9-11 never would have happened if we hadn't invaded Iran before, if we hadn't parked troops in Saudi Arabia, if we had pressured Israel to treat Palestinians like their neighbors, like their brothers and sisters, instead of exact a holocaust on them. Palestinians didn't create those concentration camps. All right, It's the corruption of America and our foreign policy that has created this situation. And I don't want to talk about politics in government other than as a symptom, identify these symptoms, and go deeper and deeper and deeper through psychology, into philosophy, into spirituality, to find out why so many Americans are soulless, narcissistic, self-centered, Shallow thinking, non-empathetic, soulless creatures of materialism, and what to do about it. eight one eight nine eight five five seven three five all right I want to know what you think. key off of that, or just run and jump in the middle of the pool here, provided we go deeper than Bush, Cheney, and their neocon masters. I want to go deeper. We hear lots of that. Let's go to the spiritual crisis at the core. The people don't know who they are, don't know what they're for, and are living in exaggerated and and elevated states of fear and ignorance. And what do we do to wake ourselves up so that we're more capable of waking other people up to these deeper issues and and stop just talking about surface issues, government, politics, and the news. What do you think? Brooks is our producer. You'll talk to her as you go on the air. 818-985-5735-985-KPFK in the 818 area code. What is wrong? with america our theme for today we'll be back with your phone calls after a short break michael benner on kpfk this is inner vision kpfk and your very own radio 90.7 fm all over southern california at the santa barbara county 98.7 fm and of course streaming for the world the entire earth planet at kpfk.org And I've been reminded to mention kpfk.org. You can get to our individual websites that way. And I've said it many times, but I'll say it again. Write it on the wall with a big crayon right over the telephone, kpfk.org. And you can get archives of past programs up to 90 uh, 90 days. They hold them for 90 days, which you can either stream or download to your own computer in some cases, and in other cases, even subscribe to the podcast. That's just in the archives. You can listen live, as we always tell you. And you can access the websites of programmers at uh, kpfk.org. But I'll still tell you, mine is theagelesswisdom.com. So there you go. Everybody wins. We're talking about what is wrong, what is really wrong, what is deeply soulless and sick about this country and how at once we could have the incredible promise of a constitution and a bill of rights that really is a shining example of freedom and democracy and have turned it over to such evil, narcissistic criminals and still (laughs) one in three think you're doing a good job, Brownie Bushy just kill some more bad guys. It's all one in three. Well, Reagan defunded education, did a pretty good job. Of, uh, but it's got to be more than that. Why are our neighbors so unconscious? I, I I don't think people are stupid or, well, maybe ignorant. That's not stupid, though. And I know a lot of folks say, well, they just don't care. Americans just don't care. But what kind of psychopathology is that? I see it as spiritual. I see it as ultimately fear-based, and I want to know what you think. Got a full board, a lot of calls, and I think this is a familiar name here from Berkeley, California, M.T. Karthik. M.T.?
2: Hey there, Michael, long-time listener and first-time caller.
1: Man, I thought you were... uh, kidnapped by aliens
2: no 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 i've been on the other side of the world michael i uh, went over to india and asia and did a little exploring with some people that are uh... looking uh... forward and pretty positive you know and Wonderful. uh... And I'm back uh, in California.
1: Well, welcome back, and you're in Berkeley, and let me introduce you as a former news director here at KPFK not that long ago.
2: Well, you're too kind. Uh, That was a special period, of course, the war, and we were all in it together. Yeah, that's when it first started.
1: Nice to hear from you. Thanks for calling. What's on your mind?
2: Great show, and I love how you've started this, and I think it's a great idea to get to the deeper issues and avoid some of the politics, and I hope some of the other colleges will do the same and take you up on it. You're one of the few independent voices we have left going for compassion, for spirituality, you know, in, in in these kinds of conversations so that we can get to root change. I really like that. And I like that you opened talking about this isolationism, which I've been thinking about lately, and as to whether isolationist or not. I think the terms have changed, Michael, and I think a big part of that is technology. And there's a way that uh, one of the things I like about, again, your show, I think, is that there's a couple of things that happens uh, here. One is you give an opportunity for some people to vent, and another is you help people build and I'd like to go up that road with you, and I'll hang up and let you um, take this. But I think this isolation thing has changed a great deal because of technology, so that now we have uh, we have an ability to be a neighbor to people uh, in a very different way. It's very immediate. Children are on the Internet, uh, and they're engaged. But our philosophy has not kept pace with our technology, as has been pointed out by many of the folks you've taught us about and, and, and interviewed in your time on the air. And I think this is a big problem. We're getting technologically left alone in our rooms, sitting there. So even if two thirds of us disagree with this fellow, we're not in touch with one another. The consolidation of the media has ensured that most people are hit with the same message, and it's pretty controlled, coming from the Pentagon or the White House, or even at best the Democrat Party. And I thought maybe you could talk a little bit about that. How are we going to use um, different kinds of media and and be intercommunicating like we're doing right now and in a way that helps people get less interested in fear and revenge and more interested in realizing that most of the world is just like them and wants to be close and, and friendly and good and, and neighborly, and, and we can even use the net to do it so you don't have to actually be next door to them and and, and get along. Uh, that, that's what's been on my mind. And I am going to take this off the air, Michael, because I love your show, and I want to let some other colleagues get in there.
1: Too. Thanks, M.T. Nice to hear from you. Take care. Stay in touch, pal. Former news director here at KPFK, M.T. Karthik. and uh, Well, yeah, sure. Uh, let me start with KPFK since we're just days away from the fall fund drive. Support this radio station. At the $50 level, if you're a student or a senior on a fixed income, $25 is appreciated. Um, $5, whatever you got. And if uh, life is good and you're driving a nice big car and you got a big house and, and lots of income for whatever reason, cool. How about 500 bucks, $5,000, five, uh, $50,000? Some people could write a check for $50,000 the way you and I would pick up a lunch tab, and that would be appreciated. Because KPFK... And the other Pacific stations in the group, uh, starting with KPFA in Berkeley, where MT's calling from, really invented the idea of listener sponsored non commercial radio in the late nineteen forties. KPFK, this station, came on board in the late fifties, fifty nine, I think. And now there are five stations and countless affiliates that really depend upon your support so that we can be non-commercial, not just so that we get an extra 20 minutes every hour of real programming, though that is something, but moreover to be editorially indebted to nobody but you. That's a pitch I make every year and I'm going to make it again, so that's where it starts, but I suspect MT's talking largely about Internet. It saddens me when Somebody says that they don't have a computer, they don't do computers, they proudly call themselves Luddites or, or just admit that they have technophobia because the best reason to have a computer may be the Internet. And I don't mean email so much. That's cool, too, um, If you especially if you adjust your expectations of how to use that thing. I uh, we'll have to do another program on that someday, the, the Internet and email. But uh, Google, <laughs> uh, the irony is the very technology that separates us and causes us seemingly to be less social, to go out less, all right, uh, and that's true, is also responsible for, as MT suggested, bringing us together, though in a different way, On a global level. So if you get hooked on computers and the internet, remember to turn the thing off and go to your local ma and pa cafe, uh, patronize small businesses, get out of the house, uh, somebody walks by you, say hello, smile, be friendly, cultivate uh, that small town atmosphere that that we used to have in America, even even in big cities like New York, Chicago, L.A. But it is somewhat ironic that that the Internet separates us and yet brings us together in a different way at the same time. Maybe a good thing to do is find somebody in our lives that is not computer-friendly and help them get a computer... And if they don't have any programs on there except a simple text editor uh, and a media player so they can listen to KPFK, an internet browser, you don't need any other reason to have a computer but to have the information of the world at your fingertips. Google anything and you get a million hits in a half a second. The the knowledge of humanity is at your fingertips, and it's uncensored and uncontrolled, which means, buyer beware, it's your responsibility, as it always has been, really, and should be in, in commercial media, to decide for yourself the validity of what's being said here. Compare and contrast, read between the lines, don't believe anything you you get on the Internet without checking it against multiple sources and then bringing to bear your own insight and your own understanding. Um, I think there's much to be said for the decentralization of technology that for less than a week's pay, you can get a computer that is a 100 times more powerful than the computer that put Neil Armstrong on the moon. And you can, for... Uh, A full week's pay, or maybe two weeks' pay, get a laptop that'll do the same thing, and yet you can carry it with you wherever you go. That's pretty remarkable. And uh, if we are all a little, you know, Luddite-ish, anti-tech, or just tech-phobic, well, account for that, but uh, find your place in the middle somewhere, betwixt and between and stay off the, the, the false dichotomies. I think that's a very good point. Uh, what will happen, in other words, when all the information is out there, when all the solutions are out there? The Internet contains the solutions to all of our problems, not the one right solution, but multiple solutions. They're there. So Bush defunds schools. Refuses to provide the money and the textbooks and the facilities? Get on the Internet. Self-educate. Everybody. I, th- I think it's a good point. That will help bring us together, I think. In L.A., it's Ken. You're on KPFK with Michael Benner. Hi, Ken.
0: Hi. How you doing?
1: I'm better and better, thanks. I, I really
0: appreciate so. it. I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. I just wanted to say, don't you feel that the big problem with this country is that it's just sold out? that there is no country, really, that there's no real culture. I mean, it's just sold out to interest from, you know, I don't want to pick out, but you know, all, Korea, that they, they get together and do business conglomerates, and they control things. And Let me
1: grant it. you the argument and and play I mean, with you in the best sense of the word. Uh, why?
0: There is no culture, you know. There's no...
1: Let me play the game. Why is there no culture? What happened to it?
0: Brainwash or something.
1: (laughs) It's the er er-something that I want to know about. (laughs) See, And it's cool that you don't know because I'm not sure I know either. And I think it's a smart place to keep our minds open and say, well, I'll get back to you. I'm still working on that. If we keep going deeper to why are people greedy, why are people apathetic, why do people drive 100 miles an hour on the freeway and if you're only going 80 they act put out. What's the big friggin' hurry?
0: They don't. Nobody wants to have fun anymore.
1: Why do people think they're so damned important?
0: That's their idea of fun, is to be uppity or to feel above someone else.
1: But they're not That's having... their
0: idea of fun. I don't understand it either.
1: I don't think they're really having fun. Most of the people I meet, outside my circle of progressive friends, people who are dedicated to money and power and materialism, are not having fun, right? I mean, is it fun to drive 100 miles an hour down the freeway in your giant truck?
0: They they got to prove they can go faster through the light or something. Yeah, it's like fun they, to they, they, before you before you turn right. They want to make sure they went faster than you through that intersection.
1: Well, until like you... they were
0: first, they and were ahead of you.
1: Until you hit an SUV full of children and kill half of them.
0: Yeah, God forbid.
1: God forbid, but you see it every day. Or they t-bone into the concrete barrier in the center because those those trucks aren't made to drive. I mean, if you had a Lamborghini, that'd be one thing. But the speed limit's fifty-five. Okay, so you're driving seventy, fine. But ninety and a hundred, weaving in and out like that's the most arrogant, pompous, narcissistic thing that anybody could do to endanger other people. And call it fun. I think it's a death wish. Yeah, one of the elements. Again, I don't want to simplify or summarize yet, but that begs the question, why do we want to kill ourselves? Right. Why do we keep smoking cigarettes?
0: Yeah.
1: You know, what is this madness? And and all of our movie star heroes, we know because they're in and out of rehab. And they've got everything. They've got all the material goodies, the cars and the boats and the planes and the and the lovers and the hangers-on and and the media publicity and fame, and they're the most miserable people of all.
0: Don't you believe that people have been brainwashed in general? I mean, I know, I, I, I feel that...
1: What does that even mean, though? That can mean educated.
0: Well, I mean, say, for instance... Um, the hospital industry. I mean, people don't realize they could go there and be killed. That they believe they saw on TV that that was the place to go, or this was they could get treated for this or that. Yeah. But they could go there.
1: Yeah.
0: And there could be an evil conspiracy there to kill them.
1: It's a you big know? part of it. I mean, Again, Or to
0: injure them or to maim them.
1: To be poorly educated, badly educated, uneducated, miseducated, or to use your word brainwashed. Yeah, that's a big element of it. But then why are people, again, I don't want to say so stupid because I don't think people are stupid. But in such a daze.
0: Um, well, everyone's on drugs. <laughs>
1: A lot of people, you know. Or ought to be, huh?
0: No, I think be, you know.
1: we have that deer in the headlights. Um, you've heard me talk and others talk about fight or flight. When people get stressed, they go into this autonomic fight or flight response. Yeah. Well, there's really more to it. It's really fight or flight or freeze or faint.
0: Right.
1: A lot of us are frozen. We're psychically numb, frozen like a deer in the headlights, afraid to go left, afraid to go right, not sure what to do. So we ape our neighbors, and our neighbors are also psychically numb. They don't know what to do. If they hate Bush, they turn to the Democrats, and then they go, "Uh uh-oh. Right, Uh, you know... In school, at least, in multiple choice, you had A, B, C, D, none of the above, all of the above. Then you go out into the world and find out it's all true or false, this or that.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: All differences are opposites, and we tolerate it. Few people go, wait a minute, I had, I had more than two choices in school. Why do I only get two choices in life? And George Bush says, you're either with us or against us. If you don't support me, you're a terrorist. And it's actually called the Democrats terrorists. And a third of America says, that's right, doing a good job. But the I, Democrats
0: are part a of the military shot.
1: industrial complex just as much. That's my in point. In
0: fact, they help create it.
1: That's exactly right.
0: One of the things I, I learned about on KPFK here.
1: That's it. No question <laughs> about it. Which is why we got to go deeper and deeper and deeper beyond the surface appearance of it all. But thank you, thanks very much. Have a wonderful day. You too. It's good to see Clemente Clementi. And uh, <laughs> here it comes. Thanks, uh, Teresa Anthony. or Saint saying clemency. Hi, as Michael. We
3: used to call it. Uh always love your show.
1: Thank you, Teresa. I have
3: a couple points I want to make. Um, first of all, um, I think that we are responsible. I'm talking about myself in educating ourselves. I live in Orange County, and when I try to bring up any kind of uh, point that I believe in you know, with someone that's a Republican or thinks the way George Bush does, they want to know my sources. They want details. That They try to bully me that way. And unless I have, you know, definite sources and sound educated when I talk, they just run all over me. And I think that happens to a lot of us, and we all need to, in my opinion, educate ourselves more so that when we do talk to these people to try to maybe change their minds, we have – I hate to say ammunition, but we have, you know, more power that way.
1: Let me respond to that, Teresa. It's an excellent point. And I'm going to put on my journalist hat because I did that radio uh, journalism for 25 years as a career before beginning a second career some 20 years ago or so, teaching meditation and, and personal development. As a journalist, I understand the importance of attribution of having sources, but to buy into that argument that we have to have sources uh, to which to to, to attribute this information to is almost to agree that what you feel is unimportant and meaningless. And maybe if we do that, have some sources. But they can always be argued with. Oh, that's NBC. Mm-hmm. We know they're a bunch of commies. I You're mean, right. they can they can do that also. But how about starting with a statement that makes it clear that this is you, and I feel, and it seems to me, and in my heart as well as my mind, and th- that's where we, I think, have an opportunity to connect deeply with other people and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's always going to be a few that are so frightened and so terrified that mm-hmm. they'll yell at you and threaten you and finger point at you no matter what you say. In which case, we just need to hang out with better people.
3: Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> That's true. I just have two quick more points, but I absolutely I appreciate what you said, and I'm gonna I'm gonna actually try that.
1: You are a source.
3: <laughs> that's true My one of the other things um, I'm going to just give you two opposite ends here the people that I'm around that are the older people that are Republicans uh, they don't really want to share they don't want to give to the poor they say I've made this money why should I give it up they're very you know, much that way on the other end of the spectrum the people that consider themselves and I'm around a lot of spiritual people too they don't think that they need to really get involved in anything because they think just by thinking it and sending the vibration that things will be good, that they don't need to vote and they don't need to get involved. So I've got both things going on here.
1: Yeah. Well, to the former, I would suggest, among many other tactics and strategies, a simple question, how much is enough?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Because the richer people get, the more they seem to want
3: they just don't want it they don't it doesn't matter how much they have they don't see the point of them having to for instance you know pay taxes to help poor people they they just don't think they think why don't they they've made mistakes in yeah. their lives it's their problem well
1: this is charles dickens are there no workhouses exactly you know mm-hmm. and what it what it what it means is do you not have a soul do you not have a conscience mhm Are you not your brother's keeper? Do you not care? Or even in a practical sense, don't you think public health care is a good idea? Then you don't have to worry about all these immigrants who got here illegally giving you tuberculosis. I mean, you know, why do we have public education? For the public good, not just to have rich people pay for poor people's education. It's about the public good. And that speaks to the origin of civilization.
3: I like that. What about the theme. ladder thing I brought up? i go. got to go. Oh, okay. Thank You'll you You'll have to catch very me another much. time. Thank, thank, you. thank you.
1: Thank you very much. Ah, uh, that wicked taskmaster, the clock. Got to run. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. Check out via kpfk.org, my website, theagelesswisdom.com. There's all kinds of wonderful information on both of those websites and get your email address to me so we can stay in touch. we got about six or seven more weeks here of me hosting InterVision on Friday afternoon. So if you want to stay in touch and find out about future projects, I'm moving to Hawaii with my beautiful wife. But we have the Internet. We have webcasts. we got a lot of cool stuff. So I just need your email. Even if you think I've already got it, go to theagelesswisdom.com through kpfk.org or directly and click on the button that shows up right on that splash page. Put your email in there. I promise I'll keep it coming.